0: We are committed to amplifying the voices of people who are dedicated to Jesus and to justice. justice Hello, everybody. This is Shane Claiborne, and I am so glad you could join me as we talk about our faith and how it connects to the world that we live in. Uh, You know, this idea that faith is not just a ticket into heaven and an excuse to ignore the world we live in um, is really the heartbeat of this show and a lot of the work that we're doing at Red Letter Christians. If you haven't connected with Red Letter Christians, there's quite a movement happening all over the world of folks that want a Christianity that Acts more like Jesus again. It's like old Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi said. Uh, they asked him about Christianity, and he said, "I love Jesus. I just wish the Christians acted more like him." And at Red Letter Christians, we get our name from the Bibles that have the words of Jesus in red, and that's what we're aspiring to do: is to to live as if Jesus meant the stuff he said. And I get to have a lot of really wonderful guests on the show. Some of them I know. Uh, I've known for years and decades even. And some are new friends. And today is a new friend. Uh, you're, you're in for a treat. We've got Leah Wilkening, who is, uh, okay, I'm going to say a few things about you, Leah, but you are uh, starting this congregation. It's sort of a church plant in Canada there in Oakville called the Cottage. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. But you're, you grew up outside of, or in Chicago area and um, have done a lot of work around gun violence and community organizing. Uh, but this is also true. Um, Leah was a clown early in her life and now is... Believes in joy as a healing force in the world. It's also one of the fruit of the spirit, you know, in the holy scripture. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk about joy because Lord knows we need some joy right now, right, Leah?
1: Yes, sir. So nice to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So first of all, I mean, let's let's start way back in Chicago, in the in the Chicago land. Uh, as I have spent a year. Uh, you know, working at a church in the suburbs of Chicago, and spent some time downtown and Lower Wacker Drive, where there are a lot of folks living under the yeah. uh, the street there and stuff. And tell tell me about your growing up, though the, the a few of the highlights and things that you you that have shaped and formed you growing up outside uh, in, in Ch- West West Chicago West is that side. Right? Yeah. Yeah, west West side.
1: West side. Um, yeah, I, I grew up, uh, my, my mom was mostly a single mom. Uh, I, I ended up being adopted by my stepdad. Uh, but, um, yeah, I had a lovely experience of community, um, but also witnessed some of the harsh realities of racism and gun violence and addictions and, uh, so I hold this intention, um, especially right now. A lot of the conversation on Chicago happens to be all negative. Uh, the focus on Chicago is uh, always on the uh, the violence or the crime statistics. Um, but there's so much beauty in Chicago. Um, I was a clown. You're right. Uh, when I was, uh, I think I was 11, and the Cook County Sheriff's Department had decided that they had a problem in our community with um. Uh, you know, addiction and overdosing and they needed to equip kids to handle their parents if they had a blackout or anything. So they trained us to be professional clown artists to go oh. into grade one classrooms so that we weren't scaring kids, but we were also, we were, so we would have fun with them and we would talk about hard things, but we would talk about hard things with joy and talk about both the reality of our uh, neighborhood, um, but also Uh, looking for things that were beautiful and the helpers in our neighborhood. So that has kind of shaped everything about who I am Uh, looking for the beauty all around us.
0: Yes. And we're going to dig a little deeper into all that, but I got to stick with the clown thing just for a minute, because (laughs) I don't know if you know this Leah, but I, um, I, I was a clown as well uh, for quite some time and I ended up going, okay, I'm going to tell you the the quick version of the story. Okay. Leah, as um, I love it. I, so we also were doing some comic relief in high school, some friends and I, uh, one in particular. So we did this like two person show. We were both dressed as clowns and somehow out of nowhere, we got invited to do the governor's conference, which, you know, was a big deal for a 16 year old clown. And um, and but this, it gets better while we were doing the, this performance at the governor's conference. There were two professional clown scouts that were there. I didn't even know this was a thing, but they came came to watch us and they loved it. And they, it was like a dream. They came up afterwards and they said, "How, how would you like to go to circus school and clown college? And they not only scholarship us, and we were the youngest people there by far, but they also um, gave us money to buy equipment and everything. So I have clown shoes that were made by Leon McBride, who was Buttons the Clown, one of the most famous clowns in the U.S. And um, I'm not bragging, Lee. I'm just excited to talk to a fellow clown. It's not every day that I even if you are a retired clown, I don't know. But like it's it's because clowns have really gotten a bad rap in the postmodern world. You know, I mean, the movie doesn't help you know perhaps uh, quite a few people with um weird issues that you know and tragic things that have happened but like you know i think a lot of kids see clowns and they're not it doesn't have the same effect maybe it it did some decades ago, <laughs> yeah,
1: decades and decades ago. You're right. You know, there's a lot of stigma around it, but it, it is true. There's not a lot of people that talk about clowning, but there's also like just this uh, beautiful way of making faces that, that uh, kids respond to like, and uh, I, I love it that you, you made the big time. I didn't, I was twinkle toes. Um, and yes! Uh, yes, yes, yes. Well, what was your clown name is what I need to know. Noodle. Noodle. Yep. Noodle. Yeah. That's yeah. That, I mean, that just says it all, right? Like, I I mean, yeah. And I, like,
0: um, I, I unicycled and my wife's a unicycler too. So I I just got my stilts out and I'm not sure if I'm too old, but I'm going to try to do it this month. We're having a block party in two weeks. So I'm going to bust some stuff out. People haven't seen in a while. And I don't know that, I don't know if they're ready for it, Leah.
1: (laughs) You know what? We need it. We need, we need some stilts in our life a little bit, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's have we some. I, I knew you were, you did carnivals. And uh, I think that was, was, was fun. Uh, that was part of our experience growing up, just finding ways to just, laugh. So I, yeah,
0: I want us to talk more about Chicago, but I do, I want to say too, that if you're ever in Philly, you got to bring some, some, some equipment with you, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, so, um, we we did a circus school and we had a whole theology of the circus about how everyone has a place and it celebrates oh, so diversity. Good. It celebrates everybody's uniqueness. I mean, you know, the traditional circus is really, Uh, thrive off of uniqueness. And I mean, sometimes obviously get a little whacked out with the, you know, exploiting of the freak shows and stuff, but I think there's some cool, like there's a celebration of everybody's got a place. There's like, everybody pulls it together. You know, there's um, Henry Nowen wrote a lot about the circus. There's been a bunch of people that have done some kind of deep work on the theology. So I don't want to get too deep on the theology when you're talking about the circus, but I do want to go back to Chicago and say, you know, you mentioned that sometimes people think of Chicago as, as, um, uh, for, for the gun violence and the struggles and stuff there, Philly's kind of this similar. And and on the one hand, you know, we are losing over a thousand lives, um, yeah. every year to opioids. And we've got the highest gun deaths that we've ever had in the, in the history of Philadelphia right yep. now, but it's a place that I find a lot of hope and resilience and community. And, um, uh, I think of Chicago. And I think of, some really incredible people, you know yep. my, my brother Jonathan Brooks and Lawndale Community Church yep. and Wyman C- the, yeah the Christian Community Development Association yep. was kind of born out of Chicago, Mary Nelson and so many other folks so like were were you a part of some of that like the, the the good stuff that was it was really born in the kind of fire of of the struggle around poverty and the war on drugs and all that right but um did you yeah. into that, those folks?
1: Yeah, I think, um, so I wasn't part of their movement or anything like that, but, um, early on, I, I was, uh, I came up, uh, as a Christian in, at Oak Park Avenue Baptist church. And so we were a mission of, uh, Moody Bible Institute at the time. And so they'd send missionaries out at, we were the mission field. Uh, a lot of young people came into their internships with us. And so we would, we would tend to, you know, go to different churches and hear different, uh, preachers and, um, yeah, I think a lot of. I have a friend who's working in the neighborhood where I worked at, and and he does a lot of work with uh, Wyman and 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 that uh, community. I think, um, it it there was this this movement in the '90s and late '80s um, that was kind of moving out out of the west side, out of the Austin neighborhood, uh, a little bit further west, and. I think it was just a, a spark of like, hey, we we actually have assets in this community. It was the beginning of a lot of that asset based community development. Oh, we have mm-hmm. so much goodness. Um, let's pray to our play to our strengths, let's prevent, let's work to prevent some of this hardship and suffering. Um, but also let's equip let's equip one another to to suffer together, to grieve together, um and bury and so each other's burdens, kind bury of thing. each other's yeah. burdens.
0: And and so that I mean that kind of shaped and formed you and uh, and now I, I, I mean I know it's a it's a big jump from Chicago <laughs> to uh, to Canada, um, but I'm I'm real interested in in you talking some about what it looks like to uh, pl- to give birth to a new church uh, yeah. while a lot of congregations are dying and having a hard time kind of bouncing back from the the. Uh, COVID and things like that. So um what 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 are you learning about about that as you're starting the cottage? Um I got a few questions, but tell you know just yeah. give us a little bit of a backdrop of where you're at in, in the church plant.
1: Well I think we started to realize that um we had to do something different. Uh, I was working with some folks in community housing for an existing church. Um and in it was hard for people to belong. You know, people would try to come into a church for, you know, three years, but, you know, there were, um, church culture has a very particular culture and not everybody um, is, you know, uh, especially those who've experienced significant trauma in their life. It's very sometimes hard to fit into church culture uh, when church culture uh, isn't always equipped to really bear each other's burdens well. So we thought, you know, we, we need to do this a little different. And, uh, right now, um, we've decided to kind of shed some of the institutional things, the things that really kind of, um, there's lots of good churches doing really great things on Sunday, but not everybody is ready for a Sunday worship service. And so we thought we needed to go out into the community and, really equip people to be disciples of Jesus uh, as our primary goal there's plenty of good worship services that people can go to and want to encourage them to do that but we want to start with discipleship and following Jesus first and see um the the beauty and the healing that comes about with that and I think I think we can see serving alongside each other shoulder to shoulder you don't have to get to a particular you know place in your faith and really um to you don't have to be a particular, uh, you know, in a certain economic status or a certain, you know, family history. Uh, you can come as you are and serve alongside and, and create beauty in our community and really learn about what Jesus was like while you're doing it.
0: Yeah. When we started the simple way, whoa, were you ready for this 25 years ago? Holy Mary. Um, we, we, one of the things that we, we really felt clear about was that we didn't need to do a Sunday service because uh there's you know church services on it, about every corner and we we believe in that and we decided we, we'll go visit those and be a part yep. of those become a part of the fabric of the neighborhood but um you know, we, we don't just need another Sunday service. So we've never, you know, really in twenty five years have never had Sunday services. But we're trying to figure out exactly what you're saying. What does it look like to be the church outside of Sunday mornings and buildings and meetings and, and you know, like worship services? Um, and what what are you seeing with that? Like, do you do you actually have a building? Do you meet in homes? Uh, like, how do you, how do you roll at the cottage church plant?
1: Yeah, uh, we don't have a, have a bank account. So, uh we are we literally are uh really practicing that that hospitality that you you kind of have modeled uh, in your ministry uh as being a guest. Um our first uh like real formal public gathering is uh going to be at a bar uh, called the Moonshine Cafe. The owner asked us uh, a church had been meeting there, a community had been meeting there. It's the the place that I perform improv today uh, as a hobby, and uh, he approached me afterwards and said, "Hey, you know these people come and talk about Jesus and they tell these Jesus stories, and it's beautiful. And I've never been to church, but church comes to me. Could you keep doing that? So that's where we're gonna meet. Because <laughs> wow, even if it's just that? for even if it's just for John, the owner, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna start there. We also do things. Um, our goal is to really." create small uh, little cohorts or learning circles or listening circles in communities. So using community centers here in Oakville and, and in the general uh, the greater Toronto area, there's beautiful trees, there's beautiful Um, sanctuaries of nature all around us even in the city and uh, we keep putting people in boxes on Sunday morning and and making our church buildings really quiet and and uh, uh, or dark and and theater like when we have just the evidence of God's beauty all around us so we're going to be finding spaces and uh, the whole goal will be to help people retreat with God like how about that yeah
0: so we'll be right back with Leah in a second. I just wanted to welcome any of you that just tuned in. This is Shane Claiborne and I'm talking with Leah Wilkening, who is uh, also known as Twinkle Toes the Clown and uh, has, uh, we you know, doing some really cool stuff though. And we're going to be talking in just a second about joy uh, because, all, you know, all clowning around aside, like the world's really starved for joy right now and Um, But before we do that, Leah, back back to this. So you're doing this church plant, the cottage, and Mm -hmm. you said something interesting before we started recording, which was that you're doing it in friendship. I asked you if it was in with with a particular denomination. You said it's in friendship with other denominations and churches. Tell us a little bit about that, because that's an interesting way of saying it, I think, especially when a lot of people are kind of leaving denominational churches. But I've always believed that you know, we we need Jesus's longest prayer is that we would be one as God is one. So, there's always some bones we need to spit out, but there's there's a lot to learn from some some of the denominations that we're surrounded with and the traditions that kind of we have our roots in, right? So yeah, tell me yeah. about that. What's it look like to plant a church in friendship with others?
1: Well. There? Yeah, I think it well, It started, um, I, I was on a trip uh, to uh, follow Paul's journey in Turkey, and our leader was, uh, this was in seminary, and our leader was from Smyrna, uh, which is, is Smyrna, and he was in the last Christian church in that area, and which was one of the original churches of Revelation, and he had said, you know, my greatest hope is that Christians around the world would would stop just dividing themselves. We're one church of one denomination, but we have you know we're from all over the world. We have all different um, experiences, and I think we're starting to see that here in the Greater Toronto Area, especially um, as we're a very diverse area, uh, one of the most diverse in the world. And there's just great beauty when different types of traditions come and you know speak to one another and and really. Inform our worship and inform inform what it means uh, to follow Jesus. So, mm. for us, our uh, I have been a member of the Christian Reformed Church in North America, and we've had a long conversation around uh, human sexuality and and things like that. And um, so, there's you know a lot of division happening or beginning to happen or divisiveness. And prior to that decision happening, I, I decided that I wanted to see if there was a third way and uh with the support of my uh home pastor and and uh people who you know disagree on different sides of the, that topic and and things we said you know what if we show that we actually can disagree and do it really well and we mm-hmm. can um hold that tension and i think you've used that term in in, in the past and i and i agree that we could uh, be so radically inclusive with one another that we could show friendship and peace and make peace together, even in disagreement. So mm. friendship to me uh, means, yeah, learning from the traditions, uh, giving the most hospi- like generous reading of their traditions. I think there's a lot of uh, finger pointing happening in the Christian world. Like uh, we don't believe this and we don't believe that. And you don't believe this and you don't believe that. But um, sometimes I think we're not being very generous with one another. And we're hoping that um, while correcting and being honest about the things that we need to to change and reform in, in churches, and and learn from the past and repent of the things uh, that we, the harm that has been caused, we can also do it in a way um, of collaboration and not competition, uh, in a way that uh, sort of points us a way forward in this polarized age.
0: Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. And, uh, and, and joy is a part of this, uh, your, your charism, you know, some, some of the old, uh, the, the different uh, monastic traditions and religious uh, communities have different charisms. And um, I think it just means kind of the vibe, right? The ethos, the spiritual gifts or something. And, And I think that you and I were talking about joy and, well, I think of that song. I'm a terrible singer, Leah, but that song, uh, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world didn't, you know, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Mm-hmm. This, uh, this joy uh, that is a fruit of the spirit that one of my mentors said, if the devil can't steal your soul, he'll just uh, keep you busy with church work that steals your joy. And then I went on to say that if you lose your joy, the devil has already won. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget that, you know, this uh, is, she must have been like about 80 years old. Like if, if if you, if you can't laugh and you lose your joy, then the devil's already won. And what we're dealing with a lot of big issues, you are too, with gun violence and with uh, militarism, the environmental crisis, racism, all these things that have contaminated some of Christianity as well. So it can be pretty heavy, but I do think that's true that if we can't, if we can't protect our joy, um, uh, then we, we you, I mean, it's kind of a downward spiral, right? So talk a little bit about your uh, joy. I mean, you're also an improv uh, comedian. Yeah, so that, that's pretty awesome. Um, so talk, <laughs> talk a little bit about joy.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think when you, when you're really honest about your grief and you, and you're really honest about the things that are hard in this world, I and mean, we have, very significant concerns that are facing our generation, uh, this next generation especially. Um, at the end of that, you get to a, the end of a rope, and then you and then you say, "Okay, so I have all this grief. What do I do with it?" But I think in human nature and, and how we are, um, uh, we're really good at laughing together and 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 um, somehow making a beautiful meaning in the midst of what what we might be going through and I think in this day and age to laugh in the face of darkness to say you will not steal my joy satan today you will not steal the the life and the breath that I have that's been given by God and I'm going to use that breath and I'm going to spread joy that as a mission for me um is something that's powerful no one can take that away no trauma can uh steal that um and you see it all over and it's, it's available as you're walking down the street with a neighbor, it's available to you as you're going to the grocery store uh, it's available to you in your home uh, to just cultivate this resiliency of joy. Um, Hmm. And so, yeah, I think, I think that's what the world needs a little bit more today.
0: Yeah. And joy is really contagious, just like cynicism is. And like, I think we tend to, rub off on each other the people we hang out with um if you hang out with cynical people you tend to become very cynical and pessimistic if you hang out with joyful and generous people it kind of they rub off on you so what who are some of the people i mean maybe they're like saints with a big s or a little s or people that you look to to kind of cultivate your own joy
1: well i mean (laughs) I'll say, uh, I'm, I can be cynical, right? So I, so I'll be honest. My, my mentor, uh, Peter Roblin is a pastor in this area for many years. And on my first day of work at the, at the church, when I was a community engagement specialist, he gave me your book, Irresistible Revolution. And I know that this is not pandering to you, um, but we are fellow clowns. So we have to stick together, uh, because we're going to make fun of, but, um, Honestly, when you wrote about um this revolution, that made sense to me because it, it it affirmed everything that was in my spirit, everything that was unsettled. And um I think it, you know, I think of uh you have Sandra van Opstel uh on the podcast uh, recently and and people like um you know talking about indigenous reconciliation, um you know Marie Sinclair, uh, some of the the great Indigenous leaders, uh, uh, Cheryl Baer here in Canada, talking about uh, yeah the trauma of uh, residential schools and uh, the way we've treated Indigenous peoples in Canada, uh, but also the the beauty in those communities, the um, yeah the the art and the creativity, and co-creating together uh, a new future. Uh, that to me is. Is the saints of
0: joy? Yeah, building a new world, and the shell of the old one. It's good, and I, you know, one one of the things I got to do this week is uh, because we have quite a few listeners in the UK, uh, Leah. I got to go to the Banksy museum. It's the Banksy land is in Philly. Banksy, for those who don't know, is a anonymous um, uh, artist that's done all kinds of beautiful, joy filled art. Right, that invites us to kind of see things deeper um and um he's also from bristol in the uk I won't tell you what else I know about Banksy, but I do have a piece of Banksy art on the side of my house. It's a counterfeit, but I love it nonetheless. And Leah, any closing words on joy or how people can follow you? Thanks so much for the conversation. It went fast, but tell people yeah. how they can keep in touch with you.
1: Yeah, you you can check us out at thecottagechurch.com or on on uh, social media. It's Cottage Church. Um, yeah, just parting words. Thank you for doing your work, Shane. Thank you for doing. Uh, this storytelling that needs to be told about the stories of Jesus and the people that he loves.
0: Absolutely. And uh, we'll keep following what you're doing, Leah, and all the folks that are there at the cottage. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. Hey, y'all, this is Shane Claiborne with Red Letter Christians, and I've got a big favor to ask of you. We want to get to know you a little bit more and make sure that you're getting what you need from Red Letter Christians. So I would love it if you would head to tinyurl.com slash rlc dash podcast it's all in the show notes and take five minutes to complete a little survey from you so that we can make sure that you get more of what you love it's just an honor to be building a better world with all of you thank you